hey, this week we are ending a series. This morning's a little bit of a sequel to the series we, we were in um, for the last three weeks called Faith, Hope, and Love. And today's a sequel to that. And next week we kick off a brand new series called Saturate. And I'm excited about that. And it's going to help us move into the fall um, in exploring what God has in store for us and how he wants us to um, be a family on mission together and how we can think about our city. And often once a year we... We, we take a couple of weeks to, to just reflect on, you know, currently in this specific season, you know, what's, what's the Lord uh, doing in our hearts and how does he want to use us in our city for mission? So that starts next week and uh, we're kicking that off. It's called Saturate, so come. And I think it's going to be good for anybody who shows up as well, but particularly uh, helping us uh, move into the fall season. But let me start with a question as I start today. Let me start with a question. What prepares you for your day? What's the one thing you do that helps you kick off your day. Have a coffee? Anybody else? It's personal. Okay, he doesn't want to share it. Could be shower. It could be like a specific breakfast. I got to have oats or I got to have bran or I got to have toast with peanut butter and jam or something. Maybe it's your clothes. Maybe it's like if I'm set with the clothes that I'm going to wear for the day, then I kind of feel good about what's coming. So maybe it's what you put on. It could be, you know, what's under your clothes, like deodorant, or what's on your clothes, like cologne or perfume. But maybe it's that shirt that just makes you feel awesome. Are you wearing that shirt today? That shirt, that blouse that makes you feel really, really good? Um, and, it, and it could be the uniform that you wear. Maybe some of you wear a uniform to work and you don't even think about you know, what you're going to wear. And that's helpful because it's like, I don't even, even need to think about what's going on. Actually, the CEO of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, and a few other corporate people have, have said that they like to wear the same thing every single day. I mean, they change, but it's a gray shirt every day. It's a pair of jeans every day, same kind of thing. So they can just focus on their day. Uh, and some other people maybe say, okay, if I have this kind of power suit on, you know, if I have this shirt or this, this blouse or something to help me make this presentation, maybe that just makes me work well. I don't know what Donald Trump does when he starts his day. What is he going to put on? But yeah, anyways, I'm, I don't want to talk about American politics. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, we never talk about politics from the pulpit, but from the mic. Here we go. But how do you prepare for your day? How do you set up your day, your week, your season? The last few weeks we've been in a series called Faith, Hope, and Love. And each week we focused on one of those themes in the New Testament. Faith, and then hope, and then love. And we, we understood as we kicked that off a few weeks ago that faith, hope, and love is like a power triad. You know, a power group of themes or um, really what the Lord does in our hearts that the New Testament keeps pointing to as three key elements that are part of what it means to know Jesus and follow Jesus, part of what it means to also live out the kind of life that God envisions for us uh, and longs for us to live. And we looked at um, this New Testament letter, 1 Thessalonians, in the first um, chapter of that, and we read through that almost every week, a few of those verses, where we discovered this triad, uh, faith, hope, and love. And as Paul writes, this is like one of the earliest New Testament letters. And it's, it's neat to understand that because it was really starting to shape even how Paul wrote to other churches as he continued to write and the church continued to grow. But Paul noticed in this church that their work, their efforts were produced by faith. And their labor, their energy or their efforts were produced or prompted by love or motivated by love. 
and their endurance, what kept them going, their ongoing energy was inspired by hope. Faith, love, and hope. And people who discovered Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, his teachings, people responded to his love and discovered that love growing in them. People uh, understood the security of being rooted in the hope that came from Jesus' resurrection and Jesus' promises. And, and I kind of wrote this line to help us kind of bring all three terms together. And it's kind of a big idea. By faith, we responded to his love and discover his hope. By faith, we respond to his love and discover his hope. By faith, we put our faith in Christ, in the person of Jesus, in the truth of his death and resurrection. By faith, we respond to his love that was, last week we understood we love because he first loved us. We respond to his love, and by doing that, we discover his hope. And these three elements overflowed in this church, overflowed in these Christ followers, overflowed into their lives, into their church community, into their city. And it was just a huge blessing. And Paul said, this is amazing to see this going on. Leonard Sweet, I caught this, he tweeted this a few weeks ago. He's an author, and he wrote this. Give me a church where the basis faith, tied together by the lace of love, showing the face of hope, and you have a faith-based, love-laced, hope-faced people. He's good with words. (laughs) Faith-based, love-laced, hope-faced people. Paul comes around at the end of this early New Testament letter, and he comes back at the end of this letter, and he, and he brings out these three themes again. In, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, um, he says these words, and, and I, I was reading this over the last few weeks, and it jumped out at me, and I thought, we've got to do a sequel to our Faith, Hope, and Love series and, and touch on this verse. And so today's message is a, a little bit more spontaneous um, than the whole series was. And here's, here's verse 8. Paul says, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Putting on faith and love as a breastplate, breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Eugene Peterson, when he he translates this verse into what we know as the message version of the Bible, he says, dress yourself with faith, hope, and love. Or he says it like this, since we're creatures of the day, let's act like it. Walk out into the daylight sober, dressed up in faith, love, and the hope of salvation. What's his reason for this? What's Paul's reason for leading these believers to think about this? It's because he wants them to be ready. He wants them to be ready. Ready for what? Let's read the whole passage together. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. 1 to verse 11. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. 
So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died so, for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, in other words, whether we're alive or dead, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Would you pause with me and pray and personally invite God to speak to your heart? I, I don't know, I sense that we needed to walk through specifically this verse today and kind of have a sequel to this message, but... Um, Maybe if that's specifically for you, you just ask the Lord, Lord, you know, show me. What do you want for me this morning? So let's pray together. Father, we pause and um, we, we say welcome to however you want to speak to us this morning. We welcome your specific touch on our hearts and minds and lives. And we invite you, we ask you to not only speak, but do a transformative work in our hearts today. For some of us, including myself, that maybe need to hear something specific from you, God, may we be open to that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul has just finished writing to this church about what's known as the second coming of Jesus, that Jesus one day will return and... um, meet his church, meet his people, and the fullness of God's rule and reign will begin. That a time when Jesus will come back to rule and reign and restore all things according to God's plan. The scriptures talk about this as God's new creation, where a a new heaven and a new earth um, will be established, a a new creation that will extend into eternity. And Paul is is letting them know that that this day eventually is coming, that what started in the death and resurrection of Jesus, the announcement of God's kingdom breaking into our world, will come to a full completion and then extend into eternity. Paul doesn't tell us when it will happen, so I'm not going to tell us when it will happen. But he does tell us to be ready. And he does tell us to be aware. Because it will happen in such a way that we can't predict that we don't know. In fact, he uses words or the phrase like a thief in the night. And he says some people want to ignore that this is even possible and they will scream out security and peace, security and peace. It's kind of like ignorance is bliss. In first century time, it was saying security and peace in a time when you knew something was coming was possibly a way to kind of ignore it and just think happy thoughts. (laughs) Say, I don't need to worry. Everything's going to be fine. But Paul says don't be ignorant, be ready. And Paul encourages these Christ followers and he encourages us not not to fear this. In fact, quite the opposite. He says, you are part of this day that's coming. You are part of this new creation. If you're in Jesus, you are part of that day. You are part of this newness that has slowly been unfolding among us but will come to its fullness when Jesus reigns in all of his glory. In other words, he's saying, you belong to this new creation. Look what he says in verse 4 and 5. He says, but you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. 
We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. I love how Paul encourages them, helps them understand who they are and what they're a part of. But he does say, live like you're expecting it. Live like you're ready for it. And Paul is clear. There's people of the day. There's people of the night. There's those who love God and those who don't. Those who are embracing God's will. Even though we embrace God's will and we fall at times. But those who embrace God's will and those who don't. Those whose future are in Christ and those whose isn't because they haven't put their faith in Christ. But he calls to those who are in Christ and he says, live like you're part of that day. Live like you're part of this future day that is coming where God's new creation will come in. He's basically saying, be ready. Be ready. I love verse 8. We come back to it. It says, since we belong to that day, let us be sober. Since we belong to that day, let us be sober. Isn't that an amazing image? We belong to that day. We belong to to what God is doing. We are part of his new creation growing. What an amazing metaphor for Christ's followers. That, That when you're in Christ, you're not just part of something that is happening right in front of you, but you're part of something that God is going to do in all of his fullness in the future. Paul's saying, since you're a person of that day, you belong to that day. And he says this word, he says, be sober. Now, he's just using the metaphor. He's not talking to drunk people or sober people. He's just using a metaphor of what it means to be completely drunk and unaware of your surroundings and what it means to be sober and aware of your surroundings. To be sober is to be aware of what's in front of you, to be attentive of what is before you. And so Paul's saying, since you belong to this day, be fully awake, be fully alive, be fully ready. If you've ever had too much to drink, you know that your awareness starts to fade and your grasp of your surroundings slowly uh, gets lost. I was at a, a friend's birthday party and uh, they had alcohol available and one of the family members um, was drinking. Super nice guy. And, but he, he was drinking and he had a little bit too much to drink and uh, so he, he was laughing a lot, you know, sitting uh, around with us and um, he would laugh at anything and everything that came around. So his, his too much to drink didn't turn into anything bad or violent or you know, anything like that. His too much to drink turned into like, I, I don't, I, I'm just happy about everything that's around. You know? and, but you could just tell in that moment that if a few people didn't kind of stand beside him, he could have tipped over or said something that he probably would regret later. He wasn't aware. He wasn't awake. He wasn't attentive to, to really what's around him. It was a funny experience, but there's negative experiences that are associated to drinking as well that can become abusive or dark. Paul's metaphor is pretty simple. Dark or light, sober or drunk. He's basically saying, in darkness, you're blind. And when you're drunk, you're not aware. And you're not in control. But he says, people of the day live the opposite way. He's saying, have a mindset of being ready for what's before you, ready for what's in front of you. And I was thinking about as we start a season, and I don't mean our church ministry season, uh, that's important, but uh, your, your season, your day, your week, your month, your fall, what's before you right now? And I got this sense that, that God wants to encourage us in saying, are you ready? Are you aware? Are you attentive? Are you alive to this moment right now in this season? Do you walk around ready? Do you live your life aware of what God might have in store for you or what God is showing to you? Do you make decisions aware of where those decisions will lead you? 
Are you awake? Do you recognize your opportunities? Or even more vital, do you recognize the obstacles that come your way? See, too often Christians fall into this trap of thinking that being ready in Scripture is only about eternity. I mean, it is partly about eternity. It is about that day. But being ready is about today. Paul says, if because you're part of that day, be sober now. Live awake now. Be attentive now. Often we live less than ready for the day ahead of us, maybe because we're just trying to be ready for the day down the road in the future. But what if we all lived alive and awake and attentive to what's right before us? I I can't help but believe that being ready for God's new creation that day means being ready for this day that we're standing in, or this week, aware and attentive for what's happening right here and right now. I mean, it's so amazing that when Jesus came and announced God's kingdom and died and resurrected, God's kingdom was breaking into our world and we see glimpses of it and we feel glimpses of it in our hearts and we know that there's a promised future where it's all going to come into fruition and fullness. And that's amazing. But what if we would live awake and sober now because we're part of that future? So here's some thoughts for you. Tomorrow, you're head- many of you are heading into work. Are you heading into work awake, alive, attentive? Are you walking into work aware of the people that God has put in your place, in your workplace? This week, you're making decisions for something in your home or household, it's financial or otherwise. Are you fully aware and attentive to the decisions you're making this day, this week, that will play into your season or your year or your future? Maybe you're discerning how to lead your family and you shift into the fall and you're thinking of schedules and times and, and what my kids are involved in and how we're going to you know, kind of be, all, be part of all the things that we feel are valuable. And are you aware and attentive of all the decisions you're making? My wife and I this summer, um, we just had one answer for, for the kids' request when it came to some activities at our local pool. The answer was yes. Yeah, sure. I want to join synchro. Sure. I want to join diving. Yes. I want to join water polo. Yeah, go for it. Love it. I want, I want to swim and compete every Wednesday. Yeah, do it. I really want to do soccer this summer. Awesome. Let's go for it. And, and so we, we, we weren't aware of all the yeses we were saying. And we just said yes. And we were like, oh, we're not acting like sober people here. And we only realized towards the end of July and the end of August, you know, here I was preaching renewal and impact, 100 days of summer. Don't just do, 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 but like get renewed. And at the end of July and beginning of August, we're like, oh my goodness, I mean, we just need a summer after our summer. We did not make those decisions fully aware and awake and alive. What about feeling called to respond to the pain of a broken world. Are we aware of those things that come before us as we see them? Do they just pass us by or are we really attentive to what is happening in that moment, locally or globally? See, Paul, I love the image, we're people of the day. Children of the light, children of the day. So what might you be ready for? Well, you might be ready for opportunity. You might, be want, you might want to be attentive for opportunities that come your way. For opportunities that, that, that come into your path. It might be an opportunity around relationships, an opportunity around 
finances, an opportunity around work, an opportunity around mission in your neighborhood. Just opportunities. Are you aware, awake? We've been living here in DDO for 10 years, and, and uh, you know, it was, it was close to the time just after we had started West Side, and we were thinking we want to be in the West Island. And I never, I never forget just driving down to Cumsey, and off the corner of my eye, I saw this little sign in the snow that said, house for sale. It wasn't by Remax or any other agent. It was a private sale, and I caught it off the side of my eye. And if you know my visuals, sometimes I can't see great even on my left side because I have a bad eye, but I caught that sign. I was aware. Something happened, and we bought the house. And um, we felt like this was an opportunity. And I think, like, what if I would have missed that sign that day? I mean, another house would have come up. But, and that maybe seems not as important as other things in life, but there's opportunities that come before us. Are we aware of them? My neighbor uh, on my street, his name is Rob. His, his mom passed away a few years ago. That summer that I was on sabbatical, actually. And um, unlike people in the church, often your neighbors don't have many people to turn to when stuff like this happens. And um, in that time period, Frank and I were heading to try and take at least a chunk of that a small portion of that sabbatical away out of the city, but my neighbor's mom passed away. And he told me about it, and he, I found out, and then he, he asked me, Dave, can you do the funeral? Can you help out with this? And I'm like, I, man, I, I was going away, and it was all planned, and, but I wasn't too far. I was about an hour and a half from here. And that was an opportunity to pour into a neighbor and sit on his deck and hear the story of his mother's life and and I, I don't want to go into all of it, but like Jesus came into that conversation and I realized, what if I wasn't attentive to that opportunity that day? Awake. I'm just telling you the ones I was awake to. I, I could list pages of ones that I was asleep to, that I missed maybe. It's not only opportunities, though. Sometimes it's obstacles. When you are in movement, in a journey, and God's doing something in your life, or something even, even in regards to your work or family, and then an obstacle comes. Are you aware of that obstacle? Do you know how to deal with it? Are you aware that it's even coming? Or does it just hit you and topple you over? And sometimes it does, and maybe that's all part of the plan. But sometimes we just miss them because we're not aware or awake. Some of those obstacles that, that stop us, that detour us, that hinder some really positive decisions we've made. And we, we just ignored them. So, ah, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll take care of itself. I'm sure it's not going to be as bad as some people say it is. And then we just ignore it. Then there's also the onslaught of the enemy. Are we aware of the onslaught of the enemy? The, the attacks that the evil one sends our way to bring us down, to deceive us, to tempt us, are we people of the day that we are aware of those onslaughts, those things that come into our lives that, that the evil one wants to bring us down with, wants to trip us up with, wants to detour us or hurt us or mess up what, how we're responding to the Lord in our lives? Are we aware of the opportunities, the obstacles, the onslaughts? Well, what gets you ready for all that? Well, Paul says, get dressed in the morning with faith, love, and hope. Like, put, this, put faith, love, and hope on like, like you put your clothes on, like you spray your perfume on, like, like you get all ready for what's coming next. Put faith, 
love and hope on. Verse 8, he says, I love that since we belong to the day, be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Paul's saying the way to be ready for the future day that God has in store and the way to be ready for this day, this week, this month, this season is to get dressed with faith, love, and hope. See, when someone puts their faith in Jesus, Jesus makes them alive to who God is. And they become part of this new creation and receive this new life. And it's not just about the future. It's about that new life coming into us right now, right here. And we become aware of what God has in store for us. Only faith in Jesus gets you out of darkness. Only faith in Jesus gets you out of the full blind path. It doesn't mean we never trip up. It doesn't mean we never make mistakes. But faith in Christ. Paul, uh, Peter later tells believers, he says, you were once in darkness, but now you are in God's light. Only faith in Christ makes you a child of light. And light gets you ready for your day. Light gets you ready for your season. Responding to his love then gives you love beyond yourself. And you can respond to the the needs and people around you when opportunities come. When other things in your life comes around and you realize, oh, God's love is welling up in me for that person or that situation. And you become ready for it. You become sober. You're aware. Because you've responded to his love. And then you've been rooted in his hope. And being rooted in God's hope is categorically different than rooted in any other kind of hope that we see in our world. It gives us the courage and endurance to face every day and every challenge. Because we have a hope for not only our future, but that even in these present moments, God is walking with us. But that hope that we're rooted in because of Jesus, because of his cross and resurrection, because of the new creation that we are a part of, that gives us hope today. So I'll steal Leonard Sweet's line. Are we faith-based, love-laced, hope-faced? Well, imagine every day, imagine every day we woke up and we approached every day faith-based, Love-laced, hope-faced. Can we say those three words together? Faith-based, love-laced, hope-faced. Wow, imagine like our faces. Now your faces don't look hopeful right now. Let's see some hope. (laughs) But every day, every season, it doesn't mean like like you never listen to blues and you're only chipper. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean you don't acknowledge the reality of of the moment when it's difficult. But it's how are we approaching our day, our season, our life. I'm going to ask the team to come up as we come to a close in a moment. This new season, even this week, can be filled with opportunities, can be filled with obstacles, can be filled with an onslaught from the enemy. But Paul reminds us, though darkness is all around us, Though darkness attacks us, though darkness discourages us, though darkness will tempt us when we put faith and love on as a breastplate and the helmet of salvation is hope, we realize that that's protective gear. That's saying when we are love, love love-based, sorry, faith-based, love-laced, hope-faced, that's protective gear for our day. That's protective gear for our season. When we dress ourselves with that, that, this is Paul's short list for what he says in Ephesians 6. In Ephesians 6, he lists a whole list of, of, of God's armor, he calls it. Putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Putting on the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth. And on and on, Paul lists this armor that we talk about in Ephesians 6 as the armor of God. Here's his little short list. It's kind of like, make sure that you got, you're dressed with faith, love, and hope. 
Because you need God's armor. You need the protective gear to protect you from the junk that this world throws at you. I was at a conference a few years back, and um, I was listening. For a brief moment, they had a fashion executive in the fashion industry come up and share. He was a believer in New York City, and, and he was sharing how difficult it was to be a follower of Christ in the fashion industry in New York. I love Jesus. But, and every day he went to work, he was the only believer in his department and maybe, you know, and some of the people that he was trying to figure out, everyone who worked there. But, and uh, here he was, and he's, he, I remember him sharing just the difficulty sometimes of loving his work, loving what he does, using his gifts, but also going to work every day and realizing, oh man, sometimes I'm hit from either side. And, and, and he, he said a story of him getting into the bathroom and uh, closing the stall and texting one of his Christian friends. is like, you just pray for me right now. Can you share a, a with me? Can you speak truth with, into me? And what he was doing is he's saying, I got to put on faith, love, and hope right now because otherwise I'm going to go out there and I'm just, I'm going to tumble. And I remember hearing that and realizing that is so true. We need to get dressed for our day in the way that scripture leads us to. Would you stand with me as we, we close? I'm going to ask you today, if you feel like you need prayer for, for your day, prayer for your week. I just had this sense that, that in our gathering today, we would just open it up to say, um, for anybody here to say, I want to receive prayer um, to be ready for my day. And I've asked six or seven people um, to come and, and be ready, for, ready to pray. For anybody who just says, I, just, I want to receive prayer for my day. I, I want to receive prayer so I can get dressed with faith, love, and hope. Are you anxious about this week? Do you feel ill-prepared for this season? Are you looking for wisdom for a, a decision that you're making in the next month or so? Do you lack courage to face an overwhelming month? Maybe there's an opportunity knocking on your door and you don't have the courage to risk to say yes maybe there's an obstacle that's been put in your path and you don't want to be blind to it maybe there's been an onslaught in your heart and mind and you're saying I, I, man I need to be ready I want to I wanna have this armor to fight against this and the scriptures say yeah, dress yourself with faith love and hope be ready be ready I'm going to ask those who who are ready to just pray with people you know who you are just come uh, here to the front and just be ready for that and and anybody this morning who feels that they just need to receive prayer for their day just come and ask for it just come and ask for it Franca maybe you can come too and be ready and um as you're thinking about that my wife had found this old Bible and those of you who are, are ready to pray with people maybe you can just come here and face people so then they know that they can come to you for prayer a girl named uh, Shannon Briscoe she was part of our church a few years ago and moved out to Ontario and is involved in some work in another part of the world but I don't know why she left two of her Bibles with us a teen Bible and an adventure Bible and, and we were looking through them and she had wrote uh, in one of the pages how, how she felt God was calling her in the future. She wrote this as a young teenager. 
that she felt God was going to call her to serve people of need or, and, or more specifically those who were handicapped and that she was ready for whatever God had in store for her. And, and as we turn the pages here, she had this, uh, this quote in the front of her Bible. And I don't know where the quote's from, but she just wrote it. She said, start each day with the joy of a child and with the courage of a giant. Start each day with the joy of a child and with the courage of a giant. I think that's so beautiful. Paul, Paul says, you are children of the light, children of the day, people of the day. Move out with courage. As the team begins to sing, if you need just to receive prayer, it could be brief, it could be something serious, it could even be something really great going on, and you're like, I need, I want to be ready for it. I want to be ready for it. Then uh, don't be shy. Come up and, and receive prayer. I'm going to come down as well, and we're going to worship. The team's going to lead us. But I invite you to receive this prayer today, just to say, Lord, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I'm a person of the day. I want to be dressed with faith, love, and hope. So if that's you, come and be prayed for it. And um, let's worship together for a few moments. Faith can move the mountains. Let the mountains move. We come with expectation. Waiting here for you. Soul will rest in your embrace. 
above the waves when oceans rise my soul will rest in your embrace for I am yours and you are mine I will call and I will call upon your name
together and um, you know as we close um, we want to close celebrating for what God has done in our lives and uh, what you know just bringing this before him maybe you didn't come up for prayer but you feel like you've been pressing into the Lord and that's awesome we're praying together as a community Um, if you feel like you still need prayer once we close that's okay you know some of us will hang around here in the front and we'll pray for you but let's together just come together and bring this uh, to the Lord in prayer God we're so um thankful for what you're doing in our hearts this morning we we thank you god for lord how lavished we are that we can be your children how lavished we are that that as we have put our trust in jesus lord you call us children of light children of the day god may that be our true identity this week may that be our true mindset when we wake up in the morning May that be our true uh, perspective as we hit an obstacle or a conflict. Thank you that we are people of the day with you, part of your new creation, both now and into the future. God, we take that challenge to be sober, to be awake, alive, attentive. Lord, by the power of your spirit, will you make us ready for every day that we walk through. Lord, for some that maybe didn't come up to receive prayer, but in their hearts, they're just pouring out to you right now and inviting you to be at work in them. 
God, may they know how deeply you love them and how you go before them. And so we, we thank you because we know that you're at work there. And as we step into a new season as a church together, God, may we also be a church of the day, a church of the light, a church awake and alive and attentive to how you're at work in our hearts and in our neighborhoods and our schools and our workplaces and among us, God, so we can respond to your work. It's your mission. It's your purpose. And we long to see it and respond and walk with you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.